Hello, and welcome to another episode of Screen Bites, our thought leader series where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the conversion TV space. I'm your host, Michael Beach. This week, I'm joined by Tim Conley. Tim is the co-founder and CEO of Extreme Reach. In our talk, we cover the future of video ad workflows, and Extreme Reach is pushing into global markets through their acquisition of AdStream. Please enjoy my conversation with Tim Conley. Well, Tim, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael, for having me. All right, we'll start you off today with a question we ask all our guests. Um, what was your first job and, and what lessons did you take away from it have you applied to your career? Yeah, well, uh, my first job was an awfully long time ago. I was uh, in tech support for a uh, fitness equipment manufacturer. And, um, you know, this was before email, before cell phones, before internet, everything, right? So I uh, had to do a lot of problem solving, had to uh, do all my communications via the phone or face-to-face. So learned a, learned a lot there, but I think uh, some of the things that I learned that I took away from um, from that were really about the product development, the feedback loop from the products um, or from the customers. I mean, as far as um, you know, getting that information from the customers, applying it to the product as you move forward, applying it to new products, and just the sort of the entire loop there as well as sort of distilling very technical information down to something that's simple and easy for folks to, to digest, anybody to digest. So uh, a couple of key takeaways that I try to take with me through, uh, through my journey. Great. Well, how'd you get started in the media space? Um, well, I, I worked uh, through, through tech support and, and through customer service and eventually took over sort of manufacturing and, and other things uh, and operationally got involved in a lot of stuff and then ultimately uh, got involved in the ad tech space or the advertising space, boy, over 20 years ago, essentially applying the same thing only, um, only on the technical side of, uh, of ad tech. And that's really how I, I got into uh, to advertising and, and um, the ad tech space. Excellent. And kind of before we dive in any more, uh, would you mind giving our community a, a sense of kind of where Extreme Reach fits in uh, to the advertising ecosystem? Sure, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think it's probably most important uh, for everybody to understand that Extreme Reach has nothing to do with media. We don't buy media. We don't sell media. Um, we're strictly in the creative space. So essentially, we have a, a, a an activation platform for creative. And uh, the way we like to think about it is that, you know, creative can move at the same uh, speed as media. So you can buy media in milliseconds, but you need to be able to fill that media with creative. And so where we come in is streamlining that whole process all the way from uh, when an advertiser, or an agency or somebody in the ecosystem has an idea about the type of creative they want to make, we can actually help take over from there. So what we what we do is uh, we can get involved all the way from, you know, I've got an idea, but I need to understand, you know, are there resources available, directors, production companies, things like that. We have tools for that, estimating the cost of, of the creative all the way through to um, helping uh, negotiate talent contracts for the creative, paying that talent, going through the whole production process, all the way through a finished product that then gets distributed to any screen or device and now anywhere in the world. Um, and then what that does is not only does that collect a lot of data, but it also collects all the creative and we put those together to make asset management tools available for our customers. So we're really an end-to-end -end solution uh, for advertisers and their, their agencies uh, for advertising creative. Yeah, I love that because you, you know, you've got a uh, 
kind of a piece that would fit right in the ad tech space. But obviously, you see kind of how broad the the industry is and the and the kind of challenges facing create facing creatives are that all the media rights and everything that they go along with that. Uh, it's just a you know great to see those things combine. Absolutely, that's a key challenge that we that we actually solve for our clients. So not only do we know what was used in that creative, whether it was um, talent or whether it was music or some other type of uh, piece of creative that has rights associated with it, we can track those rights. We know exactly where that content is going so we can make sure that it's not going to places they don't have the rights to use it. We know when those rights expire so that we can help our advertisers sort of pull those things back when they expire. And we can make sure that they don't get redistributed uh, if they're not or if they are expired or we can help them sort of re up those rights if they want to use that content over again. So it's a very key piece of what we provide as as part of the process. And a big piece of recent news, uh, the acquisition of AdStream, kind of how does that fit with the your broader strategic goals? Yeah, so when we started the company, um, boy, going back like 13 years ago now, our vision was to power the world's video advertising, right? So uh, that's been a mission that we've been on for several years and putting the pieces together to be able to do that. And really uh, what we were missing is the world part, right? So we uh, you know, have a large footprint in North America, um, and what we needed was to expand that globally. And uh, the addition of AdStream brings a, a significant uh, global footprint. Um, it helps us expand those products like talent and, and digital ad delivery or digital ad serving um, out on a global scale. And they have some fantastic tools as well that they bring as far as workflow and asset management. And we're really, you know, it's, it's really a, a very, um, a great combination for both companies. I think they have excellent people, you know, uh, and so that combination is really going to help us um, achieve that vision of powering the world's video advertising. And kind of overall, I mean, do you, are your customers kind of more on the digital side, the television side, both? Like, you know, where do they sit? Yeah, it's um, uh, really our customers. You know, there's a lot of different people that we touch in the ecosystem. So. But um, our core customers are brands and advertisers and their agencies. And um, so what we'll do is be able to provide them, you know, this sort of complete tool set globally um, that helps them with the entire creative uh, process. So, again, we're extremely excited. We're the only independent platform that's going to be able to do that on a global scale, go to any screen or device. So a lot of folks sort of talk about any screen or device, but, you know, our roots were in TV to begin with in linear TV. And we expanded out in the digital space so we can literally go to any screen or device, whether it's linear or nonlinear. So um, we, you know, we probably do business with uh, 90 of the top 100, you know, global advertisers, maybe even more like 95 of the top 100 global advertisers. And, and we can do it across the entire gamut of screens. So um, we have a we have a large footprint in TV. We have a large footprint in digital, obviously the talent and rights that wrap around that. And I think another one of the key components is the um, the asset management tools that give our customers the ability to maybe reuse those assets anywhere in the world. So if you think about, you know, a um, maybe a, a beverage uh, manufacturer that wants to use a scene where they're pouring the beverage into a glass, right? They don't have to recreate that in all these different parts of the world. They can go into our system, see where that exists, see if they have the rights to use it, and they can reuse it anywhere. So there are a lot of great tools to for advertisers to use across um, the ecosystem, but we really 
sort of play equally in all those different areas. It's not just TV, it's not just digital, it's not just talent, it's the whole combined solution. Right, and kind of as you look out across uh, kind of the whole spectrum of video advertising, what are a few interesting trends that you're seeing? Well, um, clearly we're seeing a lot of uh, folks sort of um, experimenting with <clears throat> buys that include both, you know, TV and digital, right? As you see, maybe they're using the same creative across both mediums and using the information they're gleaning from one to maybe adjust on the other one. So that's, you know, that's something that we can help our customers with, where if they see performance of a certain asset on a certain medium type, um, you know, sort of outperforming the other assets, then they can make adjustments uh, to those things. Um, uh, clearly, we see a lot of um, different uh, experimentation with uh, different lengths of video. So, you know, uh, if you even go back a year ago, there was a lot of uh, excitement around short, you know, like six second uh, advertising and things like that. I think people are learning that they need a little more time to engage with the consumer. And so you've seen now that that's kind of come back to the 30 second commercial and maybe longer uh, to, to get their message across. Yeah, I'm just, uh, we got your, your quarterly report open right now. And that's, you know, probably two of the things that really stood out. One, the, you know, a couple of years of a, a blip of, of the really short creative. Uh, I know a lot of our, our customer base were, were trying to figure out how big of a deal that was going to be because, uh, you know, there were a lot of production costs around it, depending on how much, um, you know, advertising you're going to run to it. And then two, just the continued explosion of CTV. Um, are those kind of, you know, two main things you're seeing as well? Yeah, I think so. I think that um, clearly CTV continues to grow, um, which is great. Again, for us, you know, we go to any screen or device, so it really doesn't matter, but we're happy to help our customers there. So we see that. Again, we see a shift towards longer content uh, from an advertising perspective, which I think um, makes sense, especially as people um, are engaging more with larger screens. If you think about CTV um, as opposed to with a mobile device or something, um, you have more opportunity, I think, to, to do longer advertising. And then um, really it's uh, also premium publishers, I think, taking um, back at least some of their inventory from the aggregators and, and packaging it up themselves or selling it more directly. There was probably a time there in 2020 where you saw them giving up a lot more inventory to the aggregators, but I think now that they're probably um, taking a little more control over that. Definitely. Uh, and you know, as you look out, you know, maybe five years out, um, you know, what do you expect the future of, of video advertising to look like? And I get in a kind of a three-part question, looking at your customer base, what do you expect them to keep doing, start doing and stop doing? Uh, yeah. So as I look out on the horizon, I think that, that, um, one of the problems that, that, you know, we've solved for a long time, and I think that it is going to continue to exist is the fragmentation of media, right? You see, uh, different media, different, um, types of media, different uh, engagement experiences, whatever screen they're engaging on, and there may be others in the future. Um, and so I think it's going to continue to fragment uh, somewhat and, you know, advertisers are going to have to go find their uh, customers or consumers, you know, sort of where they're at at that, at that particular time. So I think, um, you know, th that trend is only going to continue, maybe even in some cases get, get worse as platforms shift and, and things happen. Um, in the media space. So uh, they'll continue to have to, to do that. I think, you know, we'll see a lot of experimentation with different ways to engage um, customers, especially as it relates to video, different formats, maybe different functionality as it relates to how you interact with that video or something. So I see that um, happening. Um, and, you know, it's still 
sort of remains to be seen how targeted um, folks are going to be with their advertising. You can really target down to the individual, but if you're a brand advertiser and you're trying to get your brand message across, targeting down to individual people doesn't really solve your problem. You need to, you know, you need a sort of a wider net. And so I think um, we'll see folks uh, sort of maybe not get as granular with their targeting, especially certain advertisers not get as granular with their targeting, but um, also try different experiences uh, to to engage audiences, you know, contextually or, or whatever. And uh, so I don't know if I answered that question exactly, but, you know, some different things that are going to happen along the way. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, kind of what's a, a trend that you think is really important that, that no one's talking about in the space? I think one of the things that we're seeing um, on our side is the you know, the proliferation of connected devices, the proliferation of use of content over um, the internet and other, you know, sort of IP mediums is really um, causing um, issues on the talent rights side, which most people don't see, right? They don't see that, that um, I, they think that maybe I can just take this piece of video that I used on TV last week and use it somewhere else. And what they find is later on those, uh, those rights holders or those, you know, the talent within those um, videos see themselves being used in a place where they weren't compensated uh, to be uh, to be used. And so a lot of this stuff sort of happens behind the scenes. So I think one of the trends that we're seeing is um, advertisers are becoming more and more um, aware of this problem and how to solve it across, you know, across uh, either their their own ecosystem and even across the world. Uh, as well. So it's something that we uniquely see. I see that a lot of people probably out there don't see, but it's not just as easy as saying, hey, I just want to take this video and post it to YouTube and have everybody watch it because you may not be able to do that, right? So I think that's one of the sort of the behind the scenes things that we see that, that most people don't understand. Yeah, it's really interesting. Is that more of an issue do you find with, you know, a brand that does a custom ad and that's part of the 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 contract with the talent on the front end, or maybe they're using a third party, you know, stock site that they only had limited rights to, or is that a problem on both those instances? Yeah, it could be a problem. Uh, it could be a problem along, you know, a whole bunch of different lines. So if you're using union talent or non-union talent, there's different rules. What people don't um, generally sort of understand that, that aren't involved in the ecosystem is that every medium has a different right associated with it. You think that you put something on TV, you can put it on any sort of linear TV medium, but actually network TV is different from cable network, is different from, you know, sort of spot um, TV or, you know, in-market sort of stations. And so everything has its own right. And then within the content, the music might have different rights than the actual performers and whatnot. So it gets really complicated really quickly. And what you have to do is, is understand which is the first right that expires because that's the one that matters. You could, for instance, have music rights for two years, but rights to the actors in there for only one year. And so it actually has to come off after one year, not two years, right? So I think that, um, uh, you know, what people might originally say, I'm going to use this for, you know, network TV, and then not realize they can't just take it and use it on the internet. Or, you know, that's usually the direction that it goes. It's not usually vice versa where I use it on the Internet. Now I want to use it on, on TV. But um, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of uh, complicated rules around the usage of, of, uh, of these things. And so um, uh, usually it's 
going from linear to nonlinear formats that get people in trouble, I'd say. Interesting. Well, Tim, uh, we'll get you out of here on one more question that uh, we ask all of our guests. If you could get your entire team to read one book right now, what would it be and why? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I, you know, I, I think about a classic uh, book that I like, which is uh, Good to Great uh, by Jim Collins. And, you know, while some of the information in there might be dated, because I think it's about 20 years old or so, as far as the companies they profile, uh, because you don't see the newer companies in there like Google and Facebook and, you know, those type of companies, the principles still apply, right? The need for, you know, clear leadership, um, uh, confronting, you know, sort of the brutal reality of things uh, and also a, a culture of discipline where, um, you know, you're not sort of chasing every shiny object, but you're sort of staying the course. And, and so uh, while uh, it's an oldie, but it's a goodie, and I think it applies to everybody no matter where you are in the organization. Yeah, it's a classic. And I don't know if, if you got a chance, but he put out a kind of a mini book about a year or two ago just on the, the flywheel concept from that. Yeah. Uh, and it was excellent. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the again, the concepts, uh, they, uh, they're everlasting, right? The, the basic concepts there. And I think it applies to everybody in the organization. So uh, it's a great one. Yep. Well, Tim, I'm grateful for your time. And I've, I've really enjoyed the conversation. And I, I know that our community is going to love the talk. So, you know, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Screen Bites. I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. You can find out more about CrossGreen Media at crossgreenmedia.com. And please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, Stay to the Screens. You can find us on social media at Cross Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.